Welcome to the first in the series of podcasts from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review and appraise a journal article from PRS and summarize it for you in this short podcast. The full paper can be obtained from the PRS Journal website. Now, over to Damien Marucci for the latest article review. Hi everyone and welcome to the February 10th, 2016 uh, Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from St Vincent's Hospital in Sydney. Uh, my name is Damien Marucci and this is Dr. Anya Smilakowski, who is the current registrar at St. George Public Hospital. So Anya, we did the usual four papers. Okay, the second paper that we did was comparative outcomes of primary gingivoperiosteoplasty and secondary alveolar bone grafting in patients with unilateral cleft lip and palate. Um, this was a paper out of Taiwan, um, published in uh, PRS this year. Uh, this was assessing outcomes of um, bone formation and the need for um, uh, uh, the, the quality of the bone formation in the cleft defect uh, for uh, comparing patients who underwent primary gingivoperiosteoplasty and those who underwent secondary alveolar bone grafting. So what was this uh, study basically assessing? Uh, so they were assessing patients with non-syndromic complete unilateral cleft lip and palate um, and assessing whether secondary alveolar bone grafting um, compared with primary gingivoperiosteoplasty um, in terms of the amount of bone formation yeah, yeah. Um, what the clinical um, effectiveness was in terms of the residual cleft defect and the clinical success. Um, So the patients were stratified into the treatment groups um, uh, in their infancy um, based on the size of the residual cleft defect. Uh, So patients with a 0 to 0.5 millimeter um, alveolar gap were um, put into the primary gingivoperiosteoplasty group and um, other patients were treated with secondary alveolar bone grafting and this was delayed until they had developed mixed dentition before the eruption of permanent canines, so usually around the age of nine. Um, They had 50 patients uh, which met the selection criteria and there were 25 patients in each group and the results showed that they found a higher clinical success in the secondary alveolar bone grafting group uh, that was statistically significant and um, the need for additional alveolar bone grafting procedures was significantly less in the secondary alveolar bone grafting group with 4% compared with the primary gingivoperiosteoplasty group which had an additional bone grafting rate of 28%. Um, and the residual clefts were significantly less, the defects were significantly less in the secondary alveolar bone grafting group and they used cone beam CT to um, analyse the success of both techniques. And to actually measure the amount of bone stock and and calculate, uh, yeah, uh, as a a measure of outcome. So that was very interesting, uh, having such an accurate uh, uh, imaging modality to actually uh, measure and um, uh, quantify the amount of bone formed using the two techniques. Um, I mean, one of the interesting things was that the primary gingivoperiosteoplasty um, did have a 72% success rate of patients not requiring um, any uh, further bone grafting, uh, thereby actually eliminating a whole procedure. Um, but that, as they said in the discussion, comes at the cost of 
uh, uh, impaired growth and that there was a 30% increase in these patients requiring a Lafort 1 procedure over patients who had not had primary gingivoperiosteoplasty. And for that reason, this unit does not actually perform primary gingivoperiosteoplasty anymore. Um, one of the other things which was mentioned in an associated um, uh, discussion paper was that uh, their indication for performing primary primary gingivoperiosteoplasty was a defect which was essentially less than 0.5 millimetres, whereas other units will actually perform it even when the defect is larger than that. And uh, there are questions then surrounding it, whether that the gingivoperiosteoplasty, is it still a good thing that you avoid this secondary procedure in 72%? was the grafting that was performed in the subsequent, in the other 28%, was it any easier than that which is needed for the ones who did not have primary gingivoperiosteoplasty? Um, the other issue with the paper was that uh, there was surgical variability with the two groups in that there was only a single surgeon performing the primary gingivoperiosteoplasty, whereas they had five different surgeons performing the secondary alveolar bone graft. Um, and also that they didn't actually compare the facial growth measurements of the yes. two groups, and this um, was an important outcome um, as it was the reason why they stopped performing primary yes. gingivoperiosteoplasty. So yes. it would have been interesting to see the results of both groups on facial growth. Yeah, it would be interesting to know whether that's actually part of a paper they've already published or whether it's a paper yet to come out, yeah. um, You know, whether it's two parts of the one study, because obviously they seem to keep very accurate records for their patients. So I'm sure that that data is there. Uh, they'd know who needed a Lafort 1 and who didn't. Um, but very good. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.